The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, 11 like it matters. You know what? It's down there 100 degrees. It is 100 degrees today. I believe it's supposed to be like 106 degrees. I got some new friends. I, they family to me that have moved to the valley from Atlanta. And I was just, you know, I'm just trying to find out, you know, when it's 106, what does that feel like back east? Does 106 feel like, what, 90 back east, 95? Oh, with humidity, you know, it probably feels like 106. But uh, it's starting to get hot in the valley, and it's starting to get hot in the NBA as well. Things are heating up, of course. Uh, they got pretty hot for the Lakers last night, and I hope you watched the game. I hope you enjoyed it. Listen, before I forget, it's always Mother's Day, so shout out to all the mothers out there. I thank God for mine up in heaven. She gave me life. If it were not for her and, of course, uh, Big Papa, um, I wouldn't be here today. And I, I'm just so thankful for all the mothers out there. You all do the best you possibly can. There's nothing like a mother's love. Fathers, you know, you know what they say? Um, mama's baby, daddy's maybe, that kind of thing. All those little things they make up. You know, Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And when he died, all he left us was alone. <laughs> well, nah, that's not the kind of papa I am. So, uh, but I do want to say again, happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful women out there. You beautiful in heart, mind, body, and spirit. And uh, we human beings that are on this earth, we thank God for you. Uh, so it's always Mother's Day. But um, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Last night, the Lakers, they probably wish they played on Mother's Day. Maybe they would have. Ah, nah. They they play when they should have played. I, as I watched the broadcast, you know, it, it is really interesting. You really saw, I remember back in the day where there was the teams that would run, and then you had teams that would try to slow it down. And and that's what appeared to be, there, to, there appeared to be two philosophies of basketball playing out in that game last night. However, and I really thought this could possibly happen. I, I, shout out to my man Charles Barkley too. I think Charles was just fed up uh, as he watched the game. It was a blowout. That's not, you know, the NBA does not need that kind of basketball game ever in a playoff series. That's one thing about the National Football League. Uh, you know, it, it comes, we always say it'll come down to the wire. It'll come down to, you know, special teams play or something of that nature. You know, basketball cannot afford blowouts. The Lakers need whatever effort you have. You have you need to put a hundred percent of that effort into that ball game. 
there, there's just no excuse for what happened yesterday, although I'm going to try to make one because I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. I mean, bottom line, I just think the man is the second greatest player to ever play the game. I think Michael Jordan is the best. I think Kobe is the second best to ever play the game. But I'm, I'm going to say this. As I said, there appeared to be two apparent ways that the game could be played, being played in that game. One team that was, of course, the Lakers played, you know, a very, you know, ball game that was very a very conservative game. Didn't, not a lot of risk, not a lot of running, um, no fast break points at all, I don't believe. You know, and it appeared that they were tired. And again, you know, I think history has shown that a team that comes in, you know, after playing a seven-game series to play a team that's been waiting on them for a long time, I think they're like 0-24 oh, or something like that. And they get beat by, I think they get beat by 20-something points. So history showed that was expected to happen. But it was the Lakers. It was Kobe. I did not think Kobe would let that happen. Kobe tried. But here's the thing about it. Basketball is a young man's game. There any game where you're constantly moving all the time. It's it's a young man's game. You 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 young men can go out and play the game. I back in the day, even on the playground, think about it. You can run up and down fast break all day long. As you got older, you slow down a little bit. So, but one thing about the Lakers, the Lakers actually had their team is built for half court offense. You got two big seven footers that can score. I mean, you you don't have to run now. Now, there's here's the thing about it: their seven footers, they they don't run the floor that well, and so therefore, even if they were running, you know, those those guys aren't going to be getting up and down the court. That's not who's going to be running for you. And so, when you look at OKC, and and they get where if you blink, it's gone. It, it, it's just it's gone. And Durant. You know, I don't even know. He's just a freak of nature, no doubt about it. And and then you you know you got your boys shooting up at the top Westbrook. You know they they got a damn good team. And so what you witnessed yesterday was again they said if Westbrook is twenty five points going through. You can't you know can't stop him. And I, I believe he he came out with about twenty seven. So it it appears that I, I know Kobe will rebound. Um, I know that uh, coach will get his boys together, and uh, they'll play better than that. They'll play better defense. Uh, they, you, the ball won't be getting up and down the court. They won't be getting the ball up and down the court like that. You know, the Thunder. You know, it's a damn good game. I, I can tell you what. There's a couple people on that bench over there with the Thunder that know a little bit about winning. One of them is Mo Cheeks, and I can tell you when the Sixers, you know, won his championship back in the day. Mo was pushing the ball. They was playing against the Lakers. Magic was pushing it too, but th- they was pushing that ball. Mo was pushing that ball. Every time he got it, he was going, running, go, go, go. Now, Mo was more of a traditional point guard than what you got in Westbrook. Mo, if Mo had to score, he could score. The, the, the game didn't necessarily, you know, in terms of scoring, the Sixers didn't rely on Mo to score, score a whole lot of points. But if it was, it was never a case that if Mo Cheeks had to take a jump shot or you know, Mo had to take it to the hole that he couldn't get it done. It was never a point where if Mo had to shut somebody down that he couldn't shut somebody down. He couldn't play defense and, and get a steal. You know, Mo Cheeks is probably, when you talk about the premier point guard of that generation, the point guard itself, I think it derived from the way Mo Cheeks played the game. Now, we, we got some interesting stuff, you know, coming up because 
today's point guard is a new generation of point guard. And I'm, I just love the way Tony Parker played the game. If I was a point guard and I could do, you know, all, I had all the attributes necessary, all the intangibles necessary to play the game, whose game would I want to have? I'd take Tony Parker's game as a point guard. Now, I, I know, you know, he's, you're going to find out now tonight because it's, <laughs> it's going to be real interesting tonight. Because uh, Tony is uh, Tony's in for a game as because he, he's going in and playing the Clippers, and of course everybody knows that you know the Clippers. They're the other team in L.A. That there's there's more than one team in L.A. Uh, they're the other team in L.A. And so we're just gonna you know get a chance to to check out the the Clippers tonight, and uh, and see what happened. But I again, if I'm Tony, if I if I get a chance. And I'm the point guard. I want to be Tony Parker. I want to play the way he plays because a man plays a game, I believe, the way it's supposed to be played. Um, I'm just, of course, I'm playing with my, my computer here because there's a couple other things here that I want to make sure that I get a chance to talk to you about before I get away from here. But that's okay. Let me just, let, let me go on uh, because the Sixers, of course, tied it up. The Sixers, now, I'm sure nobody thought Probably at the beginning of the year, nobody gave the Sixers a chance. You got to be honest about that. The Philadelphia 76ers, who had the Sixers coming out of their division? Nobody had the Sixers coming out of the division. Certainly, you don't have the Sixers, you know, as a chance to represent the East at the beginning of the season. Who did? Oh, come on, be honest. Now you got a new AI in town, and Andre's getting—he's he, getting it done. He's making some big plays. He's taking Boston. They're taking Boston right down to the wire. Now the Celtics again. The Celtics is that's one of those older teams as well. That's one of those older teams, and and, and they're and they're playing against the Sixers. It's one of those younger teams. And I know the Sixers are young, but the Sixers are a very disciplined team. Doug coaches that team and 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 has that team so disciplined that I. And I like I like the Celtics. I like the Celtics. But my heart says for me to go with the Sixers. My head says for me to go with the Celtics. I think I'm going to go with the Sixers. I, I think they may pull a major, major, major upset. Because after all, the Celtics, it's, it's an older team. They're older. They, you know, recovery in between games. It takes them a little bit more. It takes them a little bit longer. The bodies just don't recover like they do when you're young. And so I'm I'm really not sure that the Celtics are going to to win the series. Bottom line, you know, going in, if, if somebody would told you at the beginning of the year, you know, the Celtics and the Sixers were going to be in a seven-game series, you know, you might even say that the Celtics probably, oh, okay, the Sixers might win one game. Well, they've already won one game. It's one-one. It's tied up. But so it might have been more along the lines. Well, the Sixers probably win one game to prevent them from getting swept, so they'll probably win, you know, game three. Or game four, and then we go five games. But no, the six <laughs> are tied up. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you, when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team and you watch them play, there's a lot. They, they got a lot. They got a lot. They got bench. You know, they got a good, strong team. Um, there, there's no doubt about it is that they, they believe they're confident in themselves. You know the city's behind them. They got that emotional charge that they need. You know Doug wants to win. Uh, 
you know, he wants to he wants to he wants to get back and win a championship. You know, he played there in Philadelphia. It, it's just amazing when you get a second chance. And I and I think the Philadelphia 76ers feel like they've got a second chance. You know, when we had Allen Iverson there, you know, for a while we thought that we could do it. There was something missing. You know, we had Charles Barkley there. We thought we could do it. There was there was just a couple. Charles needed help. Charles asked for help. You know, Allen needed some help too. Again, the point guard. You know, there's very few teams in the NBA, with the exception of Magic Johnson, and, and Magic was just unique. There's never been another a, a Magic Johnson. Period. But when the most valuable player of your team is your point guard, I mean, truly the most valuable player of your team, the best player on your team. And he's your point guard. I'm not sure that's really going to win a championship for you. I mean, very few teams have ever done that. Where there's no doubt in your mind that the best player on this team is our point guard. And that's what Allen was when he played for the 76ers. That's why he didn't want to practice. Practice? Man, are you said practice? Allen wasn't thinking about practice. He was burning everybody on the team. They might have needed practice, but he didn't feel like he needed practice. And, of course, they didn't win that championship game. But, you know, the Sixers are a different ball club nowadays. And, and, and when you look at the team, I think it's it's built to make somebody think, ooh, you know what? Sixers could upset us. You know who's thinking about the Sixers could upset them? The Boston Celtics. So I'm, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to let that marinate right there. I'm going to let that marinate because we've got to take a break. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to think about the Sixers and the Heat and the Eastern Conference Championship. Man, that'd be a nice game. I, I'd like to see that. But, of course, I'd like to see the Celtics there, too. Listen, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm going to come back and talk about Chris Paul, too. You know that. I, I wasn't going to let the Clippers go and not say anything about that. We'll be back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports, 
Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. Mr. Rail is sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I just wanted to come back because because I'm 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 gonna tell you what I'm really I really am intrigued by because back in the day when Doc was playing against you know the Celtics and he's playing against oh Larry Bird and Kevin McHale oh man it was I mean that was that, and Chief oh that was something oh and and Dennis Johnson with his with, with his freckles man they that that was oh Moses Malone. Come on, Andrew, Tony, Mo Cheeks. You talk about some serious. You talk about history, and we got that again. And I'm, I, I, when I look at the Celtics, and I wanted to go back because you know the Celtics, as I said, an older team, with the exception of, 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 of Rondo, and you know Rondo, you know he 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 pretty banged up, so we we, we don't really know if, you know, if he shows up, if he's not going to show, up. we'll find out. I think Rondo's still banged up for sure. Uh, but Kevin Garnett, you know, Kevin, Kevin, I don't know. Kevin, I think he has a way of which he's able to re, to put his energy in, on cruise control. He always appears to be playing at a high level, but, but I swear he's got a, a second and a third gear where he finds some energy someplace at the end of the game where you just don't know where he gets it from. Because Kevin's been playing ball a long time, but he plays with so much emotion. And he's a damn good ball player. And I, I, that charge call, you know, listen, here, I'm, I'm not charge call, but that blocking call when, of course, he was trying to set a screen for his, for his own man. But I, I would say this. If you're going to be consistent, then be consistent. If, and that was on, on their home court. And his feet were not stable. He was moving a bit. And so I think it was the right call. The right call at the wrong time, you can't it can't be a right call at a wrong time. If you're going to let them play, you let them play. If you're going to be making calls, you consistently got to make those calls. And I think that's the way the game was called, you know. It was it was called consistently. And so you know what to expect going in. If you set the screen, set that screen, stay there, don't move, don't shuffle you, you I've never been taught to shuffle my feet in a screen. You get set up, you're there. Don't move. Because if you move, you, it's a, you're moving. It's a foul on you. So I, at that point in time, I just don't think Kevin just was, he, he, he wasn't focused. He was focused, but he wasn't focused in 100%. And games are won between the head. You know, everybody's talking about flopping in the NBA. F- listen, it's one of those things where, you know, the onus is on the referee. Many times it's a judgment call. And, and unless somebody really knocks you over, and you know when somebody knocks you over because you can see it. Some, sometimes there's some blind screens that are set. And, and when they set them blind screens on, you know, I don't care who it is running around, a two or a three running around because they're smaller people. But when a two or one or two or three is running around the court and a four or five, a big come in and set a screen and it's a blind screen, they don't see it and they feed her. They're planted. Bam, you know, that one, two, or three go down like they got hit with a bullet. Boom, down. That's the way you set a screen. 
You know, you don't set your, you don't move your feet and all that type of stuff because the screen's not that, you know, it's not that effective. Now let's go to the flop on the charging side of things. See, on screens you don't fall, and you could, you could run in. The impact of a screen many times is much greater than it is on times when guys are trying to take a charge. You know, and the screen. Notice when you set a screen. That's, that's, that's. If the referees really want to look at it, it's like, okay, when a man sets a screen, he's trying to get his body there. And his feet planted so that he can stop the force and the movement of the other player that's coming his way. Now, when when it's when you set your feet and you plant your feet and and, and, and you're trying to take a charge, again, you're supposed to plant your feet and take that charge and absorb that impact. If that impact knocks you down, fine, but sometimes it doesn't need to knock you down. Perhaps if it doesn't knock you down, it might even be, uh, you might have a better chance of, of winning your case that, it, that hey, I, it was a charge. Because when you start flopping, it's, it's just so obvious that there wasn't enough impact for you to go down. Because when you compare it to somebody who is setting the screen, you can see that, I mean, that, that's some real impact. Many times on those blind screens, people get hurt. They get, they get knocked out. They get woozy. They might even get a concussion. But the flopping... Is there a place for it in basketball? Yes. It's a judgment call. It's a smart, it's an intelligent play. You're, you're trying to make a play, and, and, you're, and you're trying to, there's a person in a position of which you think you're out of control, and so you're going to take this charge. It's a judgment call because the referee, you know, is trying to make the case that you had position prior to that person reaching that spot on the floor, and they moved you from a spot that, it was reserved for you. You were there. You were standing there. But it, it you know, it's it's too much of a judgment call. You know, it's just too too much. Other fouls, you can see when somebody's shooting the ball, you hit them, you knock them down. Those are fouls. We know that. You know, but flopping, hmm, it's it's one of those things. Almost like a person running out of bounds in, on the football field. But we know it's about safety, so we're okay with that. But I I, I just wanted to go back and and and. and Think about it again and look at it and see Paul Pierce and, 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 and see Kevin Garnett and Rondo if he's healthy, you know, and just, ooh, I, I just think those three, they, they, they could get it done. But then again, I got to be honest and I got to go back and look at my Sixers. And I'm going to tell you who I'm really impressed with. You know, Holiday is just, you know, when he's hot, he's hot. I mean, he, he he's a true point guard, but he can shoot. And then when Lou come off the bench, Lou, Lou, man, Lou can shoot it. He can shoot the lights out. I, you know, Evan, man, Evan Turner, that's a Buckeye. Now, you know, and Evan's, Evan's game is finally coming around. We, we probably, you know, it probably took a little bit too long, but we can see why the pick was invested. The man does have talent. And once his, his confidence level is up, you know, he has a, a shooter's kind of confidence that once it starts dropping then he can do anything and, and he got he got some moves now if you've watched him play at Ohio State Evan Turner has some he got game it's just a matter of him reaching a confident level where he's not going to get pulled and 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 coaches going to let him play so as long as coach lets him play and he goes ahead and gets it done then I, that's okay I think he I think they're going to be all right Eldon it's about time for Eldon just to play big big and strong and nasty just be big, strong, nasty. Call, uh, call Moses. Say, Moses, just send something up here to kind of, you know, give me some of that stuff you used to use so I can just have a nasty game. 
because Elton could, he, you know, he, Elton Brand could could really be a game changer. He really could be a game changer. Uh, he, he just needs to play ball a little bit tougher. He needs to be a little tougher in this game. So, but anyway, okay. So, what am I? Who am I going to pick between six, Sixers and Celtics? Sixers, Celtics, Sixers, Celtics. I, I'm I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with the Sixers to pull the upset. I'm going to go with the Sixers to pull the upset and. Uh, don't be mad at me. If it happens, it happens. And don't say that I, that I, that I didn't tell you. Okay? Now, let me go back because I, I want to regress because I, I, there's one young man I didn't give any love to. Well, let's say I didn't give enough love to. Because, like I said, if I'm going to be a point guard, I'm going to be Tony Parker. And, I, you know, you know but here's probably, the, probably, I'm trying to think in terms of matchups that people really want to see. There's been a long time. Since there's been a point guard matchup in basketball worthy of the attention of people to look at. I mean, I would really have to stop and think about a point guard matchup where, man, that's, that's, that's the game right there. I can't wait to see them play. But now you got Tony Parker and you got Chris Paul. And you got the two of them playing in a seven game series. I, I really, I really want to see, you know, who is the best ball player? Now, Chris Chris is, you know, Chris is Chris. Chris probably can do anything and everything on the basketball court. But so so can Tony. And in terms of, I, I think Tony, Tony is a little bit more fluid, you know, with his stuff. He's, Tony's just smooth with his game. He shows up and, you, you know, you just, he just doesn't have that, assassin look Chris has that assassin look Chris is Chris is Chris has probably got a short man's complex where he want to beat you up you seven foot tall he want to beat you up he, and he thinks he can beat you up you know Tony just a nice guy kind of guy he's just smooth he, Tony kind of got some you know that uh, George Gervin kind of basketball in him his game is just smooth there's, there's not a flaw I can't find a flaw in Tony Parker's game if, if you can tell now, Chris Paul, you know, we probably got to look a little bit, you know, but Chris could miss some jumpers. Chris's jumper is not as pretty as Tony's, but I, I don't see a flaw at all in Tony Parker's game. Now, and on the other hand, too, I think, you know, when you look at Chris, like I said, Chris is one he's like a little gremlin, but he'll fight you, do everything to you. And, and Chris at times appears in terms of his composure, he gets emotionally into the game. Tony is on even kill. Tony is just so smooth with everything he does. And and so for those reasons, I think the composure component might be the deciding factor. I think Tony is such a composed person that he's in control of the situation at all times. I think Chris Paul is not. I think I think again Chris he plays with emotion but I think perhaps maybe sometimes the emotion could get the best of him and he might lose his composure. You know, I, I don't see Tony Parker getting into a fight on a basketball court, but, but I do see Chris Paul. I, I even see Chris Paul starting the fight on a basketball court. That's just my personal opinion. And, and, and because of that, I think in terms of being totally focused, I think Tony just takes the game to another level. And he reaches a level of concentration of which I don't think Chris Paul has matured enough yet to get there. Now, Tony's been in the league a lot longer than Chris has, too. And think about this now. San Antonio is, a, is an older ball club, too. Tony and Tim got a couple rings. 
You know that they've been playing together a long time, and coach has been with them. So coach kind of gets tired himself too. Pop's got to slow it down a little bit so he don't get tired. But I, but that that's going to be a, that's going to be a series. And all of a sudden now in the Lakers and and La La Land, there's two tickets that's in high demand. And I'm not sure one ticket is hotter than the other. Well, I, I would say this. No, I'm no I, either one of them. I close my eyes and just just take the ticket. Who you want to go see? You want to go see Kobe? You know, we go see Chris Paul. You know, because they play in San Antonio or OKC. Yeah, that, 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 one city, two hot games. This I don't think it's happened before. Not that I can recall. You know, first of all, because the only other team, you know, you got the Knicks and you got the Nets, but they they play in different arenas. These these teams play in the same arena. L.A. is right now. We got to give it up. L.A. again is the place. It's happening in L.A. right now. It's it's going down. L- again, L.A. is the place. Now it's for basketball, and and the Lakers ain't necessarily the only draw. At the beginning of the year, yeah, they had Blake Griffin, but Chris Paul wasn't there yet. Wow, they now they got Chris Paul there, and it's it's the hottest ticket in town. I got two tickets. I got one ticket for one game. Who you want to go see? Kobe and OKC or Chris Paul? And and Chris Paul is up against the best guard in the league, Tony Park. Which game you want to see? Man, that's that that's that's a hard choice right there. But I'm gonna come back at the on the other side. I'm gonna tell you. Who I think are going to win those, too. I, I like Chris Paul. I love Tony Parker. Man, you listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
right, you hear that music, you listen to the show, Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I was talking about that ticket. You get one ticket. You can choose. You want to go see Kobe play OKC. You want to go see Chris Paul play Tony Parker. Who you want to see? Who you want to see? For me right now, wow. Because I'm afraid that OKC could, you know, have, blow the Lakers out again. I, I I don't see that happening. I do, I don't see a I don't see a blowout happening over there when you got the Clippers playing the Spurs. I don't I don't see a blowout. I think that team, even though again, but what happens with the Clippers? The Clippers got youth. When you look at San Antonio, San Antonio, you know, they got age, but Tony Parker got speed. Tony Parker is, you know, he like an old Ferrari. He can still go. He, he he don't slow down. So, but when I look at the Lakers, you know, they they got rid of Fish and Fish. Shout out Fish, man. Fish, hey, okay, you want to get rid of me? I'm gonna drop a couple threes on you. You know, he had I don't know several dimes. You know, but he was doing his thing. Fish fit right in with OKC. So I, I'm gonna tell you this. Let me just do it like this because I want to move on to a couple things. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say if I get that ticket, I want to see Tony Parker play against Chris Paul. That's a game. That's a game. I just want to see that. That's a game. Kobe, I've seen you. You're my man. I still want to see you play. But it's a better game in town now. But L.A. is the place again. Now, let me move over because I, I, I want to. There's a couple other things I want to talk about before the show is over with. And I'm running a little bit behind schedule. But my man Vince Young got a job. But here's a question I want to know. If Vince Young has got a job, and we know the kind of game that Vince Young has. We know the kind of game he's capable of playing. You know, why don't I hear the Vince Young kind of Tony Romo kind of thing going on? Because I don't think Fritz Patrick needs to be moved out of Buffalo. I mean, I, that, that young man, he's, he's won some games that people didn't think he could win up in. People all, all of a sudden realize that there's a football team in Buffalo. They play some exciting football. Ryan Fitzpatrick, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. You know, small guy but good quarterback. You know, went to Harvard, intelligent football player. You know, he made things happen. Now, why not, if you want to, you know, put some packages in like you're considering doing for Tony Romo up there in, you know, the other part of New York, why can't you do the same thing for Vince Young? Now, that big boy show, they, they talk about perhaps, and you know who I'm talking about, the guy who, who kind of likes Vince Young a little bit, thought about perhaps maybe Vince might be a starter. Now, I don't know if he's a starter, but he should be He should be that kind of conversation. You know, it, it should be, there should be a package that should be put together for Vince. I mean, to give him the option, you know, put the man on, the, he's a big man. He can run, he can throw. He throws kind of funny, but he can throw. He, he's accurate. He can throw the ball a long way. He makes you play defense, design the defense to stop him. You need a spy when Vince Young is in the game. You don't think so? Wait till he open up that stride on you. He, he, he covering, you know, seven yards in two steps. I just think Vince Young is not done yet. And I think he needs to be, you know, brought into the meeting room, sat down, discussed, and designed some plays, whereas, you know, we're going to put Vince in the game. And I, I don't think you wait to third down. You put him in on first down. You put him on second down. But you put a package. You keep them. 
you make sure the defense is not aware of when don't come over to Tennessee when it's third down and, and, and 15 Vince is coming into the game. Don't do that. Put him in on first and 10. Put him in on, uh, you know, second and three. You know, those kind of change it up a little bit. Don't make it so obvious where people know, OK, hey, Vince might come in the game this play. Look out for Vince. Don't do that. Put him out there wide receiver. You never know. Throw it to him. He, he's an athlete. He can catch the ball. He can run with the ball. You know that. But Vince is a quarterback. It's like Tim is a quarterback. Put him at quarterback and let him play. Now, I don't want Tim being my quarterback. Tim Tebow is not going to be my quarterback. Vince Young started a lot of games for the Titans and won a lot of games. Him and Jeff Fisher didn't necessarily get along. But, you know, Vince has proven himself. He's an all-pro quarterback. You know, it's just that when, when, when the head coach doesn't want you on the team, that's different than any other coach Period. I mean, because he's the guy that can actually, you know, make the decision to fire you. You're gone unless the owner, you know, said you, he wanted you drafted in the, in the first round with that pick. Then that's a different situation. It was a very uncomfortable situation from what I've gathered, what I've heard about Vince with the Titans. It just, you know, Jeff, that's not the quarterback Jeff Fisher wanted when Jeff never really embraced him. And a lot of times, you know, well, you, you in meetings with your quarterback coach. Uh, but the, but you do have a relationship with the head coach. When you come to the sidelines, the head coach is there with you many times. You know, when the defense comes to the sideline, you come, you talk to your position coach or the coordinator. When the quarterback comes, you know, the head coach is in that conversation. And and if the head coach, if you know the head coach didn't want you, that's like Van Gundy down there in Orlando. And, and he, he knows that the big fella didn't want him on, you know, coaching him. Come on. That's kind of tough now. But but then also, I, you know, I saw some things out there. Donovan is slim down. Donovan... Donovan has slimmed down. You know, still got a couple pounds on him. You know, when it's up in your chest and, then, and you know, and it's in your shoulders and it's in your biceps and your triceps, that's one thing. But when it's in your stomach, that's then your shirt was off, Donovan. That's a different thing. But Donovan has slimmed down. And and I think when he slims down, perhaps maybe his game could be a little, he could be a little bit more agile, a little bit more fluid. Donovan has the intelligence to play the game. I'm not worried about that. his arm. You know, but he's dropped some weight. He could be a little bit more elusive. If he's a little bit more elusive, he could buy a little bit more time. He buys a little bit more time. People open up. He can deliver the ball. Mm. Now, based upon the minimum that he's got to be paid because he's been in the league like forever, I think it's worth the risk. Quarterbacks go down too much in the NFL. They just go down. You know, they're, they're, they're the one position that it, they used to didn't go down as much as they go down now. I mean, they, they go down, they hurt. They're missing games. You you got to have a couple quarterbacks on your roster, and and it's good to have a veteran in there too. Because I'm telling you, quarterback is one of those positions. You know, the house is coming at you. Every damn body out there trying to get to the quarterback. You know, you can play another position on the football field, and everybody's not trying to get to you. When you're a quarterback, everybody's trying to get to you because you got the ball. And and that's that's what the game is about. Get the guy with the ball. He starts off the center hikes are to him. Then go get him. So Donovan is out there trying to lose some weight and trying to get a job. Where might he land? All right, I'm going to hold on. I think we got a caller, uh, Harold. Uh, Harold, are you on the phone there? I am, man. How's it going, man? Great. Uh, it's good. I'm just sitting here, though. Uh, I don't mean to get off on the side, but I want to talk a little college football because uh, they announced the College Football Hall of Fame today. Oh, yeah. And just an absolute travesty for any college football fan in America, I think. Tommy Frazier is omitted again. And I don't, you know, I don't understand. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I can't believe he wasn't a first baller, let alone that he didn't get in on the second. 
and you got a guy like Ty Detmer, not discounting what Ty did, but arguably if you said, do you want Ty Detmer or do you want Tommy Frazier? You want Tommy Frazier. Yeah, but, okay. The record that this kid put up, for him not to get in, it, it, it's a travesty, Ray. Well, I think you probably got to go back to the university, and there's probably something going on there with the university. You know, they you get you got to you got to campaign for your guys. If you really want them in there, you got to campaign for them. Well, I think they do a fairly good job of that. He's he's liked by the university. He's uh, you know he worked at the uh, for the Nebraska athletic department for a while in, in the development department. Um, so you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it, but, it's but that's not you, you, you know, thirty three and three overall as a starter. Yeah, you got to think about championships that. games. You got to think that's Nebraska. I mean, if they really wanted him coming to Cornhuskers, I mean, they really could put a lot behind him. I mean, there there's some people who have some, you know, marketing campaigns. They truly go out and and they market and they they support their athletes that they want to get in. You know, and 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 you're right. It may be a travesty, but what you know what happens is when you don't get in the first or second ballot, down saying you slip and you're an old man before you get in. Yeah, and it's actually, it's not, I mean, it, realistically, I think it's bad. I mean, because arguably, you know, without a doubt, I think Tommy Frazier is probably a top five quarterback to ever play college football. Um, whether, and, and, hey, I'm a little bit of a homer, but, I mean, I think his record stands for himself. I mean, it, what the guy did in college was absolutely amazing. He was arguably on the best team to ever play the college game at that time in 95. Um, you know, it's back-to-back national championships. Thirty-three and three as a starter. He was listed as first-team, you know, All-America on you know eight organizations that year. Um, he won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, second in the Heisman Trophy, UPI Player of the Year, Sporting News Player of the Year. I mean, just it just, it just goes on and on and on. You know, listed on Sports Illustrated, eighty-five player All-Century team. It's like, how does this guy not get in? So, I mean, if you say it's a college, I mean, I, that that's. It surprises me because I think Nebraska is a, a, a university that would, you know would support the team. But if it is a college, then I mean I think that you know Nebraska's uh, <laughs> they, 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 their sports information department actually needs to to, to probably get a, a little bit of the fault here. It sounds like yeah, that, that, that's the thing about it. look. They got enough exposure throughout the year that you know every time you're on national TV, there should be signs up. You know, Tommy Frazier. You know, you know. Hall of Fame, they, they should really be pushing for him because you're right. With those kind of credentials, it makes you think, okay, there's something, there's something going on. There's something that we don't know about for him to have that type of resume and us not, and he's not, and he's not in. There's something going on there. Gotta be. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, 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 perhaps maybe you can do that. Why don't you dig real deep, just, you know, and find out what it is. Many times there are things going on, even at the professional level, there are things that you're thinking, wow, this guy should be in. This, this, why isn't he in? And there's always something going on that perhaps we don't know about and everybody else knows about and they just want to, you know, keep it hush-hush. Well, that's a good example. You know, you look at a player like Indama Sue last year, you know, he probably should have been a Pro Bowl. He's definitely one of the most dominating defensive linemen, but his actions and what they were behind the scenes and on the field and all that stuff kind of kept him out. So I understand that. I just think that, you know, you got to look at, you look at, I look at players that they're putting in. And, you know, if Tommy doesn't get in next year, then Tommy's not going to get in probably for 15, 20 years. And it's just going to be, you know, to me, he's, he's, I think he should have won the Heisman. I don't think Danny Werfel should have won the Heisman. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's you, you got a point. Debate, yeah. obviously. And, okay, Ray, on, on a side note, because I'm going to get off that, but I was in Vegas this last weekend. Oh, boy. And they have the Denver Broncos listed as a 4-1 to favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, four to one, depending on how much money you're putting on that, I might, I, I might, I might take that. It's, it, that shows you what Peyton's got. That, that just shows you how much weight Peyton carries. You, it really, exactly. really does. And exactly. Uh, so I'm, I, I might, now they said to go, not to win, correct? 
to go to the Super Bowl. To go. Okay, uh, you know, that's that's worth a couple hundred bucks. You, you just know. Well, I would think it is. I mean, considering that they almost, you know, they made it to the second round with Tebow, right? I mean, Manny's got to at least uh, net you a couple more games or potentially. See, right? that, that's all you got to do is just get in a dance. You get in the dance, you might get a second dance, and next thing you know, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there in the Super Bowls right there. Yep. It, it could happen like that. Stranger things have happened, but uh, I really didn't think he would end up in Denver. So he's there, and, and, and so let's see what's happening. Hey, real quickly, let me, let me get a comment from you if you can, Harold. You heard anything about Roger Clemens today? What do you think about what's happening with Roger? I actually have not heard anything about Roger Clemens. Well, let me tell you a little bit what's happening with it. It, it appears that, uh, you know, one of his trainers are kind of throwing him under the bus, and uh, I guess Roger thought perhaps maybe these guys would, would zip it. And it appears that somebody's saying, no, I, I shot you up a few times, and uh, it appears that Ryan's, I mean, that uh, Roger's told a couple lies, and, you know, he could be in some trouble. Well, I, 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 you know, the thing about Roger, I, I didn't know that that day, but, I mean, there's, there's not, without a doubt in my mind whatsoever, um, that he did steroids. I mean, this this whole song and dance of whether he did or he didn't, I mean, he did it. I mean, you know, it, nobody puts up this big of a long of a defense and tries to stonewall as long as they did without knowing that there's something there that they don't want out. You know, and I think you've you got to look at a guy like Jason Giambi. You know what? These guys, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, they deny, 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 deny. And, and you know what? There's just too many people in the line that know what went on. It, somebody's going to crack and it's going to come out. You know, I give credit to Giambi. He came out and said, hey, yeah, I did it. Took his lumps, got kicked in the teeth for it, moved on, and he's still playing. Yeah, it's one of those things, you're right. It happened so long ago. And, again, it, it, was, it was a situation where, again, it was something that was self-inflicted. Either you, you know, put it into your own body or somebody else, you know, administered it for you. But it's like you brought, you didn't bring harm onto anybody else, but you did compromise the integrity of the game. But we're asking you to tell the truth. I mean, very uh, similar to what happened with the New Orleans Saints. Hey, guys, we're giving you a chance to really tell us the truth. We we asked you the same question ten different ways. Just say yes, you did it, and and you didn't. And then now some other people get involved because we're trying to clean up our own mess. But when the big boys like the feds get involved. You're going to get in trouble if you don't tell the truth. Well, yeah, and that's what's so bad about it, too. And the other thing is it just doesn't make sense to me, like with Roger Clemens. is It's like, and Ray, you know, you being an athlete, if some guy's walking towards you with a needle and they're going to give you a shot, you damn well know what's going to go in your body. Yeah, and you're... And what is that? Oh, it's a B12 shot? Really? I mean, he thinks that, that that's plausible. Oh, I thought I was getting a B12 shot. What? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What, what, no, what? there is no athlete. That, you cannot tell me... There, there, you can't tell me that there's athletes out there that know that they get those. If they're getting an injection, that they're not going to know what the hell is going in there. Well, let me just say this to you, Harold. You know, back in the day, in terms of knowing what a drug was, you know, a B12, I remember B12 shots. I never got one. You don't have to worry about it. You can, anybody can investigate Ray Ellis. You can say, you know what, uh, they have something to do with needles. Okay, that didn't happen because that man is scared to death of needles. <laughs> It'll take me 10. Uh, any nurse in the world would tell you if she ever had to give me a shot, she chased me around the room. I'm scared to death of needles. Almost passed out when my wife had to get the epidural. You know, no, man, it's not going to happen. But in terms of a B12 shot was something that was, I guess they said it was like, it was a vitamin. It was, it was, you know, to give you energy, you know, a boost of energy. And guys would get them before you go out to practice. Now, some of the other things that would, you know, then to taking the fluid out of your knees and stuff like that and, and then give you something else so you could relax and, and not feel much pain when you go out there. I'm not so sure that the athletes of my generation really knew what the drugs were, with the exception of the steroids. Now, that's something you, nobody came to you to get, to force you to take 
a steroid shot. That was something that you you sought that out and you got that in the back room someplace by yourself if you got it. And I don't even know how you got it. But, you know, some of the other things in terms of the injuries, now the team wants you to play. And they're giving you something that it's just like anybody else. When we go to the hospital, you know, and we get some type of medication, all of a sudden we become, you know, a, a street-level drug dealer or a pharmaceutical guy. We know what the drug We don't know what the hell the drug is. We just heard that doctor tell us what the name of it is and what it's supposed to do for us. Now, when they medicate you like that, you don't really know what it is. But when you seek something out that somebody's told you it's going to give you an enhanced performance, you're going to perform better, you're going to recover quicker, and the team didn't give it to you, you're responsible for that. Exactly. But, you know, the other thing I think this boils down to is I know Roger Clemens is bad, but, you know, the other thing that I, I hate about Major League foot, or Major League Baseball more than anything is is how hypocritical the organizations are because they dang well knew all of this was going on, not with just Roger, but they knew it with Sammy. They knew it with McGuire. You know, they knew it with uh, Bonds. They knew it. They knew this was going on and the, and the only reason they didn't do anything is is because they were they they coming off the strikes where major league baseball attendance was down you know in that run that mark mcguire and sammy sosa had saved baseball it brought people back to the stands it brought excitement back in now for you know for the commissioner to say we didn't know about this it's so hypocritical of what the you know Major League Baseball has done. It's ridiculous. And I mean, it, 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 it's shameful. It's it's not right to the players. They they knew this stuff was happening, and then they want to try to now just dump everything on the players, which is actually it's truly sad that uh, the players' organization isn't stronger enough to actually come out and just just out the organizations for what what obviously I think has to be known. Yeah, I think what has to happen when when you talk about outing the organization, it has to come from players that are no longer a part of the game. You know, that they feel as if, you know, they really don't have anything to lose and it's their chance to really help the game and help the kids that are playing today. Don't do this to your body. We've done this to our body, you know, and this is what happens. I remember Lau Azedo, you know, and I remember because I, I went to school, uh, of course, at the Ohio State University and played against, played with my dear friend Chris Ward. And I remember seeing Lau Azedo rip Chris's helmet off his head. And I just thought that was a crazy man. I just thought mm -hmm. that was something other than football. That was something other than somebody who was just emotionally fired up to play football. I thought that was something else going on with that man. And it turned out to be just that. It, there was something else that he, he had put something into his body, and it kind of changed his emotional approach to, to dealing with the situation. So I think when we got harmful drugs, and, and something else I want to say, too, and you, you probably could remember this. Baseball players, were, baseball players weren't the biggest guys in the world. As a matter of fact, the shortstops used to be so little. You know, the, the only guy that was big was the catcher and maybe the first baseman. And most of the time, he was kind of fat a little bit. But all of a sudden, in that generation of players, you know, you, you got ball players that look like they could have been linebackers or running backs that were playing baseball, the, the way they were built, the, these injections, these steroids, the way they affected their bodies. The same thing happened as I looked at the football players. I used to start looking around the locker room, and I was a guy that was committed to the locker room, and, and particularly the weight room, and there's guys that, that showed up when, almost when practice was over when it came to, you know, going in there and lifting weights. And, man, they all kind of, they toned. I mean, they toned so tight, their skin looked so tight, and you knew there was something going on. So sometimes you don't have to see it. But but it's right there in front of you. You can close your eyes if you want to, but these the effects that it has on a person's body and the changes, 
they're noticeable. And and so some a lot of people exactly. knew it. You, you go back to the George Brett era, for example, back in that time, and, and you look at you take the average the average height or the average weight, probably, of major league baseball players at that time versus average weight of major league baseball players today, and it's gonna be significantly different. Now it's not just the fact that you know what, we're not bigger people now. I mean, we haven't grown. You know, it's not like there's some genetic thing that all of a sudden, you know, we've had this shift where we're, you know, six foot eight, everybody, you know. And, and, and it's, it's a direct correlation. To, yeah, maybe some better training that has come in line, and maybe there's some better things. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, you look at, you know, the wizard, Ozzie Smith, right? I mean, what was he, maybe a buck 65 wet? <laughs> wet, that's right, that's right. <laughs> you know, so, and now you got, you know, you got shortstops 210. 225. Yeah. You know, these guys that are big, you know, big. I mean, you know, you make no mistake that it, it, it is a rampant thing that happened throughout Major League Baseball. And the problem that Roger Clemens has gotten himself is into is, is he tried to think that he had to uphold his name, that he didn't do this or he didn't do that, and he caught himself caught up here. And actually, the worst thing that's going to happen is, is, is I think it's going to come out that, you know, obviously they're going to find out that he perjured himself. Um, I think I feel pretty confident of that, and, and it, the sad thing is, is if he would have just took his lumps and admit that he did it, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of a black eye, but it's over and done with. Um, you know, not not the federal government coming after you, but I mean, you know, I, I still question a lot of this stuff. Is you know, like you know, that, the, the amount of money that the federal government spent pursuing Jane, you know, um, um, Barry Bonds. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and the like, thing about are, are, are these really the best uses of resources of our federal government to try to come after somebody because they just said they took steroids or they didn't take steroids? No, I, and and I I'm not going to say that I don't think there's a place for the federal government in baseball because I do because there's too many kids that are affected by it. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, there, there should be a small division, a couple people that are you know there to oversee the uh, the leagues and the committees and things that they do, and and that should be it. We we should not have uh, the Supreme Court. And you know that no, we don't. No, you're right. I, I agree with you 100. percent Hey, let me ask you something before you go. Sure. Uh, we're right. I'm I'm in the valley. I don't know where you're at. NFL football's hot right now. We got some things going on. Uh, the game has changed a little bit. What do you think about the National Football League game today? Man, I love National Football League. I love football in general. I'm a college fan uh, first, but uh, NFL to me is absolutely fantastic. I think the game is. You know, the, I think what we're seeing is is that we're actually it's moving into a part where we're actually parity is actually really positive for the league right now. I think from top to bottom, we have teams from one year to the next that, based upon free agency, based upon movement, based upon things that can happen, you can you can basically be from a four win team to look at what San Francisco did. You know, and and you you're it's it's changed the league up to where every game, every game that you step on the field now is a must-win situation, even for your elite teams. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right. So much, you know, it's so much closer from top to bottom in this league. You know, uh, it take out you know, a Peyton Manning-less Colts team. But, I mean, as far as the competition, the level of competition, I think, is at the best that it's ever been. And it's great for fans because we, we get a lot of fantastic football. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. I don't know if you were listening here, but I said about even the NBA, you know, it's a shame that in a playoff game that any team would ever get blown out. That, does, that, that wouldn't happen in football, and it doesn't happen in football. Uh, so let me say, so, so the new rules, have, they haven't changed the game that much that you don't still enjoy. You still enjoy it even with the new rules. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. Well, you know, the the biggest thing is I there are some things that you know frustrate me that you know I think it, let, let's face it, you know, the, the new rules where we talk about you know we let the quarterbacks you know where well you can't even hit the quarterbacks anymore, you can't do this anymore. Well, you know what? I think you see 
those rules, look at an organization like the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, prior to last year, everybody was complaining about how you can't hit a quarterback, you can't hit the quarterback. Look at literally what happens to a team like the Colts when you actually lose your star quarterback. You basically go from, you know, a perennial contender, playoffs every year, maybe AFC championship every year, to basically nothing. So, you know, we put so much emphasis on the quarterback position that, unfortunately, the teams and revenue is so derived from your quarterback staying in the game that it's shifted to that because of it's become such big business, you have to protect the quarterbacks now. Yeah, Harold, I, I, and I, I'm going to have to cut you off. But one thing about the NFL, yeah, it, it's become a passing game. And that's yeah. why that's what all the controversy is about Tim Tebow is because it's a passing game. And here's you have a, a guy that the majority of us feel as if he's not the best passer in the world, so it kind of affects in terms of uh, it affects where the game is going, and and this person playing quarterback should be able to throw the ball. So don't draft a guy that can't throw the ball because that's not the direction we're taking our game. Harold, I really appreciate you calling. You can call me anytime, man. I'm here every Tuesday at one one Pacific. Yeah, Arizona never <laughs> changes its clock. I'm one Pacific uh, all the time here in Phoenix, but we of course we keep that California clock. It's time I got to go, guys. I've had a great time here with y'all. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks, her. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.